If you are trying to change your habits, you really have to limit the amount of time that you spend around the people who pull you back into the habits that make you feel terrible about yourself, even when it's your family. another episode of It Takes Grit. I'm totally fangirling right now because I've got the one and only Lori Harder on my podcast. Like, pinch me now. Is this even real? Girl, how you doing? Oh my God, I am so good. And I feel like I should be saying the same thing. Um, but I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to chat with you. It's been two months. This has been yes. two months. <laughs> I know. And I just found out, are you guys going to Florence? We're not going on this round. Okay. I know. I know. We're gonna have to make it. We're gonna have to make our own special trip if you're not coming to Florence. Which you know what? I'm like so incredibly like having massive FOMO because Florence is. It's. I'm reading this book, obviously Michelangelo book, and it's literally like he lived in Florence mm-hmm. like, his whole life. Basically, well, basically most of his his uh, teenage years, and. It's like painting this amazing picture that I'm literally dying that you guys are going to be there. So I'll follow along. Okay. Yeah, but you know, there's going to be another time when, when yes. you get to go and it will be the right time. Perfect timing. <laughs> awesome. Well, for those people who don't know you, can you just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you live, how old you are, all the things? Oh my God, all of the things. <laughs> who am I? What do I do? Uh, I, well, I live in Santa Monica, California, but I've not always lived here. I am from the Midwest. Um, and basically they are like living in two different countries. So (laughs) it is like a completely different world. Um, I am into mindset, into health, into wellness, uh, helping people with their businesses, um, helping people do events, podcast host, author. Um, and believe me when I say all of these things, that has been a span of like 10 to 12 years. Uh, so I can just like, you know, ramble it off now, but it's been a really, really, really long journey. I'm actually from a super small town, um, was homeschooled through high school, a really restrictive background. And the entire reason that I have a book based all upon tribe is because I really had to, um, leave my initial tribe, uh, which was really small town, like I said, more restrictive religion, which was amazing. It was a great way to grow up, but it was not supporting what I knew, uh, who I knew I was supposed to be. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that where um, they get to this place where they realize that their families don't hold the same beliefs that they do, or their families don't, aren't these healthy people that they know that they want to be. And it takes like this massive breaking away whether that's from a religion or from your family and trying to go out on your own. And what does that actually look like on that walk alone from who you were to who you're going to be? So that's really what my passion has been is trying to give the tools and bridging that gap from kind of the old you into this new version of you. And that, that never ends. Like as much as I would love to say, yeah, once you get through this little hurdle this year, you're going to be great. Like, as soon as you do that, you're going to find another new level. You're going to need more new people. You're going to need more new um, tools for your environment. You're going to like up level at all different points of your life. And it's going to require that you learn how to support your environment and your mindset and your body. So that's really what my passion has been on is creating that um, kind of support system throughout the, the bridges of life. Yeah, and I totally relate to that because I'm from a small town in another country. And I sometimes feel like I remember growing up being like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be. But also I felt guilty for like wanting to move. And like my my mindset was kind of like contradicting each other because I was like, but this is where I'm from. Why don't I feel like this is my place? But yet I know it's not like deep down. So I kind of relate to you on that level that you're like, sometimes if you're out there and you're like, this doesn't feel right, it's okay to move away. It's having that. And there's, I'm so glad that you said that because there is this whole like mindset around um, guilt and shame. And am I trying to be better than everyone? Or because, you know, we can hear those things or you've changed or maybe I should just go back. And the thing is, is that if we choose to just go back, what ends up happening is we actually end up 
not loving ourselves, resenting ourselves. And worse, what happens is we resent all of the people around us. We don't love them the right way because we view them as hurdles or roadblocks or as um, you know, anchors in our life. And that's not the way they're supposed to be viewed. So uh, something that I always love to just look at relationships as is it's like as you get older and as you start to evolve and figure out who you are, it's like renegotiating the contracts, like these silent contracts that you've made with people along the way. We don't even know that we have these you know, contracts maybe with our family where it says, you're going to love me as long as I'm this way. Okay, well, that, <laughs> that might be true and you might be building a story that if you change, you won't be loved anymore or accepted or whatever that looks like. But a lot of times all it takes is like massive renegotiating of contracts. And if you were to do a real contract in life, you'd have to renegotiate multiple times. And it's kind of the same way. It's like having to have multiple conversations about the same topic and saying, you know, this is how it was, but this is where I'm going. This is the support I need. And this is why, you know, I'm not feeling as good about myself. I'm not feeling as good about my life. And I would really love your support. I know that it looks different to you or that I'm showing up in a different way, but we really have to, it's like, I always use the sentence. I'm like, Lori, use your words. Like just say how you feel, use your words. And sometimes I'll notice I'm like not saying how I feel and I'm getting so pissed at everyone around me. And I'm like, oh, this is my fault because I'm not using my words. Okay. So it's that idea. It's like really learning to have these conversations that we've never had before. And that's a really scary thing for a lot of people. Mm, totally. Especially when you feel like you, you're not where you're meant to be, you know, yeah. like starting something new. Now, mm -hmm. one thing that I like totally admire about you is you have so many different, you have so many titles for fitness competitions. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you get involved in fitness? Because you just said that your family wasn't healthy, it wasn't active. So how on earth can someone like you from a small town all of a sudden have all of these accolades and being on the front of magazines? Mm. Oh man, okay, so when I was probably, I'm trying to think, um, when my, so my sister, because we were overweight growing up, my sister was overweight and she got teased as well. Um, she started working out, I feel like she was like 14 or 16, but like VHS tapes, right? Might've even been beta tapes if you even remember what those are. Um, so I started like watching her. I remember she would wake up every morning at like 6 a.m. before high school and go work out. And I was like, oh, well, I kind of want to do that too. And I remember, um, you know, at a really young age, already be getting bullied and made fun of in school. So I had started like looking into what, what on earth could I do for this? Is this actually how we are? Because I was told it was our genetics. Like you'll always you're just gonna keep gaining weight, you're gonna be overweight like the rest of us. Like that's literally the language that was used in our family all the time. Like, um, you know, my, my mom's uh, maiden name was Bakers and it was literally like, I remember hearing at family get-togethers like the Bakers are fat. And I was just, I just assumed this was my fate until I started to realize like reading fitness magazines, I made my mom literally buy me fitness magazines at a really young age. And I had a couple moments where I realized that maybe it wasn't, all I wasn't taking ownership yet at that point, but maybe it wasn't all genetics. Maybe I had some say over it because I'm reading these magazines and the the, the diets that the cover girls are eating are nothing like what I'm eating. And I was like, okay, so there's gonna be something there if there, you know, there's there is something that I'm not doing that could be done. And that's when your brain kind of goes, okay, so started working out at a young age, actually, like off and on. So that's kind of what, that's kind of the story of my family's activity level. Like my mom would go on diets and stuff, but we were, she was never active. I never watched her be active ever, but my sister had started working out and she was either all or nothing. And I kind of adopted that, um, personality as well, which is already a huge part of my personality, but um, started doing workouts, you know, we, we would go for like a month and then we'd be off for two months, go for a month, be off for two months, whatever that looked like. And that's really when that started for me. Um, and then as I was probably like 16, it started to become a habit for me, whether it was rollerblading or walking or, you know, working out. And then I got a gym membership as soon as I could drive. And that was something that I could do because in my religion, I was not allowed to do extracurricular activities, uh, because it was with other people who were not in the religion. Um, and it usually fell on nights where we had church. We had church three days a week. 
So um, started going to a gym because I was allowed to do that by myself. And that's when it really just became a habit because I felt better. It was the first time that I noticed that I really actually emotionally felt, felt better because what I didn't share is that I was really struggling between being homeschooled and I think just a lot of things that I was seeing at home and my mom had a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. I started getting a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. So I would notice that on the days I went to the gym, I felt better. And if I did not get to the gym, I would feel really anxious and stressed out and my mind would just be racing. I would cry. So I would, I would try to manage that also through the gym. And of course, when you're young, you really are thinking of the physical, you know, body and not wanting to be made fun of and wanting to be liked by boys and to stand out, whatever that looks like. So that's when I started getting into like making it a habit. So did your mom and your family ever say like, why are you going to the gym? Why are you doing this? Like, cause that's a lot at a, at a young age to actually go and find a, a fitness magazine yeah. and mm -hmm. to have two different opinions going at you. Like, did they ever say like, why are you buying this stuff? You know, what's really weird is they really didn't, but the only thing that we really struggled with was food. So it was constantly like, you can eat that. It's not going to hurt you because it was, you know, every, it was like, that's how we bonded. So it became a big, like, it became really challenging around connecting with family because they want to, it was like, I was always going off like at night to go for a walk or for a bike ride because that's when it was the hardest. Like that's when they would just sit and have, you know, connect and have ice cream and not just one bowl, but two or three bowls or whatever. And, you know, seconds and thirds at dinner, it was just how we were. So that was the most challenging part is that they couldn't understand why I, I never wanted to be with them. And I'm just being really honest is because I would go right back into those habits. So I pulled myself away. This is a really hard part of the story that I share with people. And it's so important to know because if you are trying to change your habits, you really have to limit the amount of time that you spend around the people who pull you back into the habits that make you feel terrible about yourself, even when it's your family. Mm -hmm. And some people right now are like, if that's the case, then you know, I don't want to have to do that. Well, then that's a decision that you have to make. But for me, my highest self would not let me, like it would not let me not do it. And when I would ignore what I knew I needed to do, I started to really not like my family. So I started to get resentful because I was like, they're keeping me from being the person that I know I'm supposed to be. So I knew that they couldn't understand that, but I also knew, like, I, I didn't know the how, but I also knew that there was a reason that I was breaking this family legacy. Like, I knew that if I could get strong enough that maybe once I got to that place, I could actually go back and help change them but I wasn't strong enough to do that yet until I pulled away and figured out who that F I was, you know, and what was I capable of. But in the meantime, I was too in between. I was on the fence. I knew that any time with them was going to pull me right back in. So I really pulled myself away a lot. How did you find the discipline to do that? Um, you know what the depression, like the depression and anxiety was too intense when I like, cause you know, sugar in the brain, especially for someone who's a little more sensitive. And I think that I'm probably more sensitive to it, or maybe I'm not, maybe it was just that much sugar in the brain, you know, but sugar in the body and in the brain, especially just as a teenager, you're going through all that stuff. Like emotionally, I felt so terrible that it was like, I knew that I had to, and because I had already done the tie of food and exercise to feeling better, I was like, I can't live this way. Like I literally could not live that way. So to me, the pull of like staying the same and being in that pain mentally, physically, anxiety, um, depression, I was like, nope, this is not for me. And I had foresight because I could see what my family, my aunts and my everyone was dealing with. We're talking like diabetes, um, cancer, lots of early, you know, onset things for tons of people, people dying of diabetes. Like, it was so clear to me that if I didn't freaking do something huge, that this was absolutely my fate. 
Yeah, it was like it was so obvious. Yeah. Yeah. And so how would you manage the eating? Because we know that 80% is the nutrition, 20% is the fitness. So you can go off and do the gym stuff. But if your mom's making the, the you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, are you going off and eating something else? Are you bringing it in home? Because I feel like some people go, well, this is just what's cooked for me. So this is what I have to do. So what's the solution? Um, I started talking and asking for different food, but... It didn't mean that all of the other food was not there. My mom did a lot of like chicken and stuff like that anyway, but I didn't understand. Like when I say, I think I understood food. I just understood don't have seconds and thirds and don't eat three bowls of ice cream. What I didn't understand was like, I ate, you know, chicken and a pile of rice aroni because I thought rice was good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really like while I, while I was getting in better shape, I still, you know, struggled with weight because I just literally did not understand actually how food worked. And the struggle truly was like, oh my God, I loved food. Like it was literally like, it was, it's what kept me company. I didn't have a lot of friends and it's also what we bonded over. So um, I can honestly tell you, looking back, I remember laying in bed almost every night being like, tomorrow's the day you're going to figure the food thing out. Tomorrow's the day you're going to figure out food. And I so relate to people on how food and your body and all of these different thoughts can absolutely, con- like it can control you and debilitate you. I don't think I won that war until literally my early to mid thirties of just like that battle and so now I really like to talk about how it's, it's sometimes it's majority of the time, it's not even about the food. It's like figuring out so much more about um, your environment, who you're around, what you're thinking, what you're excited about in life. Um, because I've really found that the more fulfilled that I am and the more people who really nurture my soul, the less I actually crave certain foods. It's really interesting. Wow. So when did you start doing the competitions? Because you got like incredible shape. Like how many titles do you have? Um, I have three uh, world championship titles. Um, So, which is crazy to say that and really weird because it was, it feels like a long time ago now. But um, so I started doing fitness competitions. I think my first one was at 26. And I did that because I needed a goal really bad because I did not yet understand. I still didn't understand like nutrition yet. I didn't really know how that totally worked. I knew what eating healthier was, of course, like I'd been doing it for years, but I, I didn't understand. And my goal was to be a cover girl. Like I, I didn't because, because when I was young, I would carry fitness magazines and I literally had every single cover like plastered on my doors as as a teenager on my closet doors. That was like my North star. It was like kind of what got me through like my teenage years of trying to figure this being fit or healthy. And so I thought that the epitome of being like a, um, you know, an inspiration would mean to be on a fitness magazine. And I also, there was a part of me that was like, I'll finally prove it. This will mean I'm really there. This means I really made it. This means I actually made something of myself in my life. And so there was a lot of proving and all of these other things going on in my mind. Um, So I ended up um, wanting to compete because I thought that was how you got a cover. And so started competing and also I needed that goal. So started competing at 26, competed for like three or four years. Some I did okay, like place like third, fourth. Um, I think one time I had placed second, but I was placing all around third, fourths. And then one time, like right before I started winning, I actually placed like 50th or something. I went to the Arnold and placed like terrible. So I was like, I don't think this is for me. You're like, I'm out. (laughs) I remember flying home and I was like, I can't do this anymore. The, the, The food, the dieting was so mentally exhausting and I was like more depressed than I had ever remembered because I was on a cycle of like no carbs and then binging and then no carbs and getting really lean and then binging and then I got addicted to that body I got addicted to the body of you know that only lasted what a week maybe so then I feel so depressed when I put on five or ten pounds and then I would just like be bingy. Like I, I couldn't find the in between. And I just felt like, Oh my God, I'm either going to be really lean and depressed and never do anything, or I'm going to be 
you know, I'm going towards where I knew I was always going to end up when I was young. So what ended up happening is I actually ended up doing, um, I, I was training a woman at the time who was doing uh, network marketing and she was using these shakes and I was like, what are those? Don't ever use like shakes. I was like, don't use fake food. I was like all about don't use any supplements. That's bad for you. And I'm watching her, this woman that I'd known to be a hundred pounds overweight for six years. I watched her lose 90 pounds and she's like eating great food. She's having these shakes and I, you know, I had all these other clients and I'm like, Hmm, she's the only one who's getting these results. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should look at it. Oh, and what she was, I think the thing that got me the most was that her energy levels. And we know that when you're supplementing with great supplements, no matter what company it is, whether it's shakes and awesome supplements and you're eating well and you're feeling, your mind is feeling satiated because you're getting what you need. And I clearly was not getting what I needed. Um, I just was in this really dark place, to be honest with you. I felt like a gray cloud was over my head at all times. So here I am with what I thought would be the best body of my life, thinking I'd be the happiest I'd ever been. And I was the most depressed I'd ever been. I, I wasn't being social. Um, I was feeling like at any given moment I would lose it. Uh, I wasn't feeling satiated. And obviously when you're not eating well, your brain is, especially for women, we're like, wah, wah, like we feel terrible. And so I was like, okay, whatever you're doing, just give it to me. I'm going to try it for a week. <laughs> it was like desperate. So tried it for a week and I never ever felt better in my entire life. Um, and so I started taking it and it was like three months after I didn't think I was going to compete again, but my body was like, um, it literally lost weight and then stayed there while I was eating more. I was allowing myself to have, a, you know, a couple drinks a week because I felt more balanced. I wasn't going off the rails. I wasn't binging, um, as much. It was happening once in a while. And then I decided to keep going and keep competing because I was like, if I can do this in a maintainable way, what would happen? So at the time, my coach was like anti everything I was doing. So I hid it from her. And um, she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. What are you doing? And I ended up, I ended up telling her and I was competing like the next or the two weeks after, or like two weeks from then, I believe that I had told her. And like I said, my energy was up. I felt super happy. I remember being at the competition and everyone was like feeling like total shit. And I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And because I had not only focused on, um, you know, feeling good through food, but I was in a place at that time where I had really started getting into self-development and I had also started teaching show prep. So I was teaching people how to walk on stage and how to be charismatic. And I was enjoying that so much, like actually teaching people. And I was learning through teaching. And so I got on that stage after all of these things had happened, after hitting that super low low and not wanting to compete at all. And I just remember like thinking, I'm going to make that audience like feel so good. Like I'm just going to project back to them like, everything that I'm feeling, I'm going to shoot rainbows. That's literally what I said. I'm like, I'm going to be like a Care Bear and just shoot freaking rainbows up there because I feel so good. I'm going to knock them like on their butt. And that's what happened. And literally, I remember people being like, it was just such a different level of energy when you came out that people couldn't help but feel it. So I've taken that concept and literally thought, yeah, it was about the food and yeah, it was about the workouts, but I got to be honest, I didn't look any better than anybody that day. I just felt different and I was projecting differently and I was thinking way differently. And it was also the first competition that the, it was one week out. I remember, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to let myself really go there and picture winning. And so for a week I did visualizations of like winning and getting the flowers and seeing all my loved ones like crying and congratulating me. And I never let myself do that before because I was too afraid of the letdown if I kept picturing it. And I just remember going in and I had this feeling. I'm like, I just, no matter what, it doesn't matter. But I just think I'm, I think I'm going to win this. Like I just, I, I didn't tell anyone that, but it was just such a knowing that it was like, even if it didn't happen, I just was so proud of myself at that point. So, so much had changed in that short amount of time. And I can honestly say it was really like your spiritual awakening can come from food, exercising, you know, mindset is kind of all of it together. But I, I don't think it would have happened without any one piece missing. Um, and also hitting like a, a real mental and spiritual rock bottom. Mm.
Yeah, it's interesting that you said that, um, you know, when you started coaching other people, that's when you shine. I feel like so much we feel that we have to be perfect until we coach other people. Yeah. When you actually start teaching other people, that's when you become better because you're a teacher. So you have more confidence because you've been able to show someone else. You know, it's the same yeah. with network marketing. We go, we have to be perfect first. Like we have to be in the perfect shape before we can go and help somebody else. But actually it's going to help you in your own journey. And it's oh for you because that's what gave you the passion to then walk on that stage like a boss and really enjoy it. It's so much accountability when you teach people. It's literally one of the best ways to start holding yourself accountable and like being proud of who you are is to help other people. And you guys, this does not have to be like, oh, I have to have a coaching business or whatever. Like you can literally take what you're learning and post about it on Instagram or Facebook or do a YouTube video, whatever you want. Like the consistency of showing up every day for other people, like truly teaching what you've learned through your own lessons every single day, even in a short, tiny paragraph. That's what I was doing. I was literally doing that on Facebook every day. Um, I was just like, I'm going to teach all the lessons I'm learning. Just like, what am I thinking for this day? And that's also was a huge help in helping me transition from fitness into mindset is people had already started noticing that I was posting more about mindset than I was about fitness. So, you know, when you want to do a pivot in your life, you have to start being known as that person, which means you just have to start showing up as that person. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now we've already talked a little bit about like your past does not determine your future. Mm -hmm. And obviously the environment that you were brought up in is very different to being on stage in a bikini um, and then being on the face of magazines. And you think like, oh, as you go through life, you know, your family start to say, oh my goodness, it's amazing. Congratulations. How are your family now? What was their reaction to you doing those shows? Um, you know, you know, they were actually, they didn't, it's not like they, here's, here's the weird part in, in that particular religion, religion, they want you to be a part of the religion. Like they, it's, it's a very sad day when you are no longer a part of it. But my particular family was more supportive. Some families were not, some don't, some won't talk to you after you leave. Thankfully we had had enough conversations and open conversations and enough years had gone by that my mom and dad were much more accepting than a lot of other families. So they were accepting. Um, but of course they always were wanting me to come back. Um, but they were accepting. It's not like they were super supportive necessarily, but accepting. So that was a huge bonus in my life. Cause I'm sure even if people aren't part of a religion, they, their families don't agree with like what they're doing. Have you ever had to have like a difficult conversation when you're like, Hey, I love you, but I'm going to do this anyway. Or what advice would you give someone who's, you know, maybe they're, which I read a great quote the other day, you know, Kylie Jenner comes out with a new lip, lip gloss. Everybody buys it. You know, Michael Jordan comes out with new shoes. Everybody buys it. Someone starts a new business and wants to get healthy and their family are like, that's never going to work. Why are you doing that? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, some stuff that I, that we did along the way is I knew, so my family had done network marketing in the past and I knew that when I started doing network marketing, if I told them about it, like I didn't want to hear what they would think. So I knew that it wasn't going to be positive. Like a lot of things we kind of know just aren't going to be positive. So I'm not going to bring it to the people who aren't going to support me. I just already knew that from, from knowing that I wasn't going to get support around certain things. Like I'm not going to have them be like, yeah, we're going to help you. We're not going to eat X, Y, Z around you. Of course they're going to eat X, Y, Z around me. Um, and they're going to try to get me to eat it. <laughs> so um, as far as network marketing, you guys, you just have to do it. Like if you are waiting for support, you're going to wait forever. Same thing with like, I want my partner to support me and be on this ride with me. You got to just go and do it and show them. Like there is no other way. Like if you are waiting, you will never do it. There is no other way to go and do something than to just do it yourself and figure out your own support system. So something that I did for fitness was I found a coach. I went and found a coach, signed up. It was just online. I couldn't afford a lot at the time. You guys, when I started competing, we were actually going through, um, we had lost our house. Chris had lost his job. We were $300,000 in debt. Um, I basically, at one point he was like, you have to quit this little hobby of yours. And that was like heartbreaking and devastating. 
um, because he didn't understand. He wanted me to quit. He said it was too expensive. These stupid bikinis cost too much money. Um, so we had to have a real talk about that because I was like, he was saying one thing, like he was saying, yeah, I want you to go and do this and, you know, hopefully make money later and make a life. And then he would go when he was stressed out and completely say another thing. So one day I came home and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like you are telling me two different messages. You want me to go and do this and make a life for myself and make money and like become, you know, a personal trainer or whatever else. I'm like, this is the path. Things are going to be tight for a while. And so I said, you, I'm like, you literally either have to support me or you have to stop talking because I'm going to literally go and do this on my own no matter what. So uh, I gave him an ultimatum, like you can't not support me anymore or I'm going to figure out a way to just leave and support myself because it was too wishy-washy for me. I was like, I can't live this way. And we were so in debt and we owed his parents so much money. We owed everyone money. And I, I was like, I have to focus on my dream and I need your support. And if not, then we got to figure something else out. So there's been a lot of moments in life where it's like, I know that I'm the only, like, I'm, I'm the only one, like only you can support you, not your partner, not your parents, not your best friend. Like you got to buck up and you got to figure out a way and you will always find a way. You will always, always, always find a way. Um, but as far as waiting or whatever that looks like, like don't have conversations with people who you know, aren't going to support you. Just go and do it and find the people who will. I think that leads perfectly into the tribe, finding your tribe. And what was the inspiration for the book? I mean, I'm guessing this is kind of where it comes from, but your book called A Tribe Called Bliss. Like, is this, tell me, how was it that you were finding your tribe? So, yes, it was from the multiple times of my life where I was finding myself in an environment and surrounded by people who weren't going to support the next level of myself. And I knew that in order to do that, you can't do it without people. You literally cannot do it without people. So whoever um, is, you know, trying to level up or whatever that looks like, you know, you have to find a coach, you have to find a networking group, you have to find the podcast, you have to find the books. You have to fill your environment and mind with at least 80% of where you're going next. So it's about building a tribe for where you're going next, not where you are right now. Like you don't want to go, if you're having trouble kicking your, you know, your, um, for me, it was like, um, kicking my girls nights and my happy hours and our weekend binges of drinking and going out to eat with friends and late night Taco Bell. And you know, the drill, like the early, the 20 something party, like you are, I, if I know I'm fighting that life, I'm not going to go and seek somebody in that lifestyle to support me. Like they're not going to be able to do it. So I had to go outside of that and start finding women who were doing what I was doing. I had to go and find coaches who knew how to help me cope with what was going on. We had to go find couples friends that we couldn't find right away. So we literally, I had to ask Chris, like, I need your support in this. And sometimes he still wanted to go out and party. So you know what? Once in a while we would, but I would just let him go. I'd be like, if you need to go get it out of your system, go. I'm going to go and either stay in or I'm going to call this person tonight. I'm going to book a call with, you know, one of my uh, girls who's competing and we're going to do a whatever, you know, phone call and just chat about our goals or whatever that looks like because you have to stay on target or you will go back to your old life. And you know what? Like the years just fly by. You're going to wake up and it's going to have been 300 Mondays later and you're going to be in the same spot or worse, most likely always, always worse. And you're going to be older and you're, you're going to be that much further away from your goals. It's never too late ever ever, 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 especially now that we're living till we're, you know, 90 and hundred years old, like 50 just means the middle of your life. You could still a great starting point. Um, but you got to go find those people or you will get sucked back in. I don't know a different way. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like you are really the average of the five people that you spend your time with. And, you know, six years ago, I was in a toxic relationship, going out partying three times a week. Like that was my routine. Like that's what I knew. And it was only when something else came into my life that I was like, my goodness, like I need to navigate more of this. And I got ditched by that group. Like they, yeah. they, I got kicked out of a wedding. I was a bridesmaid in a wedding and I got kicked out and I've got to this day, no idea why I was just taken out because I started being healthy and doing personal development. 
the craziest thing. So have you ever had to say to people or even have that conversation like we just can't be friends right now? Like how do you how do you navigate friendships when you kind of outgrow people? Uh, you know, I mean, of course you can have the conversations. I don't know too many people who do well with them. And I'm just being honest because most of the people that you are leaving or that you are attempting to either bring with you or to, you know, still be friends with, they don't, they're not ready to change, nor do they have any interest. So you can't try to carry them with you. It's like the stupidest thing on the planet, but we all do it. We all do it. We're like about to run this. It's literally like you're about to run the marathon of your life, right? Like you're in marathon training. You're, you're trying to cross the finish line to your next level of life. And what you're trying to do is you're asking all of your old friends who don't want to run the race with you or support you or even make a freaking sign for you. Like they won't even show up to make a sign for you. Like that's the type of group you're in. And that's also a realization you need to have. So what you're doing instead is like, you know what? Don't worry about supporting me, you guys. I love you so much and don't want to lose you and don't want you to not like me. So what I want you to do is get on my back. Like jump on my back, all 10 of you, and I will run this marathon with you on my back. That's what we're trying to do. It won't work. You'll run like a couple miles and they'll pull you back down and they'll tell you why you shouldn't be running and why you should just go have beer instead. And so I always think of that. Like if you're going to run a marathon, who's going to be the person holding your sign? Who's going to be the person cheering you on and who's going to be by your side? Like those are the people that you have to find and who's going to be the person waiting at the finish line. Mm -hmm. So, and then especially when you're done, who's going to be there to be like, let's talk about why this was amazing. Let's really look at everything you did and let's make sure that you're ready for your next one. Yeah. Like, Hey, let's plan the next one for you. Yes, totally. And you know, I think that's a huge moment of really looking like, would they be there for me? Even if I, even if you realistically ran a real life marathon, would they be there? They'd probably be sleeping because they all went out and partied the night before. Mm -hmm. it's a huge moment of realization. Like these people actually don't give a shit about me. Yep. So, um, you know, creating those people who will be there for you uh, through all the different things that you want to do. But those conversations don't usually go well because they're not going to change. So something that I tell people is like, you know, fill your, it's just like um, uh, my friend Natalie Jill talks about when you are trying to eat better. It's less about taking them away and telling them no and I can't be there and more about filling your plate with so much good that you can't fit the crap on there anymore. Mm -hmm. So fill your day and your plate in your life with so much that you're like, yeah, I'm going to yoga or I'm going to hip hop or I'm going to the gym or you know what? I'm not doing that tonight. I'm, I'm watching a movie, but if you want to come over, you're more than welcome to do that or whatever, like invite them along, but they won't go. So what will end up happening is you'll get kicked out of the wedding, right? Rebecca, like they will kick you out without realizing it because they'll be like, she doesn't want to do that. She's too good for us. Blah, blah, blah. She's not cool anymore. She's not even fun. She doesn't want to drink. She won't go and do this. She doesn't want to partake in the negativity or the gossip because there will become a point where, you know, maybe you're like, Hey guys, could we talk about something else? And they'll be like, they feel scolded or they feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so you'll get kicked out. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Just let yourself get kicked out. <laughs> I feel like that's yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks to say, and people are like, that sounds horrible and painful and the worst thing in my life. I promise you it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. It's the best thing that will ever happen to you in your life. And the universe is so amazing. God, whatever you believe is so amazing that eventually if you start following the path of your highest self, the rug will get torn out from underneath you and you will be forced into your highest self. Meaning those people will kick you out or you will lose a job that you hated anyway or something will happen where you have to dig so deep that you have no choice but to become the next level of yourself. Yeah, and we never really, we never grow in times when it's perfect. Like we, we, we stay the same. And so it's when you get the rug pulled underneath you and something crazy happens that it forces you to either level up, which is gonna make you grow, or that you're gonna go down. And then that's when the time where you really need to like pull your big girl pants on and, and go. Because that's the determination of if you're gonna to get to where you wanna be or if yeah. you're gonna stay or even go back where you were before. So um, I love that. Liz, um, Liz Gilbert calls it, um, she's like, you know, life is, it's always trying to wake you up. Like you're either gonna get nudges, like you're gonna keep getting nudges and you already, everyone who's listening to this already has them. They're feeling like a poke in their side. It's getting annoying. Like 
You're like, oh, I know I need to do this. Things aren't even feeling fun anymore. You're waking up in the middle of the night, maybe feeling anxious, like you really need to take action. Or life is going to hit you. You get lessons in two ways, nudges or two by fours. Like, that's it. So take the nudges. Yeah. Or life is going to freaking slap you upside the head with two by fours until you wake up. Because that's the only way we wake up. I feel like one of the things that we do too, and I feel like this is that I'm always kind of sometimes starting again. And like, you know, this last week I haven't worked out. I didn't feel great last 3.30 a.m. Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. I wake up with stomach pains. Corey's got to go out and get me stuff from CVS. And like that whole week, my body was just like adjusting and I just needed to rest. And yeah. there's sometimes where we feel so motivated to start a new business and then it kind of stops. Like how... It looks like from the outside that like everything is nice and smooth and everything. But for you, how do you keep starting again? Like new business ventures, new results, like when you've fallen off, like we are always starting again. I feel like every week I'm starting again. I always feel like I'm starting again. And that's the important thing. You're starting again because your every day is a new start. Like literally every day is a new start because it's, um, I, I think as far as business pivots and like personal pivots and just like seasons and life, um, life is seasons. Literally you are a new person every single year, sometimes every single day. And I think the most important thing to realize is when the energy is gone in something that you're doing, it could mean that it's gone in a workout that you've been doing. Maybe you've been lifting for three years and you're like, I hate the gym. I am not finding the motivation to do this. Like, okay, well, it, there's one thing to not find the motivation. Like we can all struggle with motivation, but if it's like a true, like I'm exhausted, like I can't find the passion, the motivation, do a different workout. Like go and try something new. Your body probably wants to go and do yoga or go and do a spin class or go and do a group class. Like if you feel like you still want to do weights, like go do group training and do something with people. That's been really huge for me is when I start to notice like, uh, I'm really having trouble like finding the zest in life, like getting out of bed, you know, maybe I'm feeling depressed and I'm like, wow, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm feeling depressed. Okay. Go shake up the energy. Like nothing changes your mood and your life, like going and changing something massive in your daily rituals. And this is where healthy, like fit people and people who are really addicted to their rituals actually get really stuck. Like we can actually stop ourselves. People who have great habits can get really stuck because we can get addicted to the habits that got us to somewhere. Thinking that we're going to lose a result if we don't do those particular things. It's important to know that there's a million different ways to get somewhere. So our habits can actually keep us stuck. Like don't get, uh, don't get stuck in the thing that got you somewhere um, just because it got you somewhere once because there's a million ways to get there. So do a new habit, do a new workout, hang around new people, listen to different music, listen to a different podcast, read a, you know, read a nonfiction book. If you're always only reading personal development, you guys, I got so burnt out because I was actually doing so much personal development and reading so many personal development books that I remember I hit, a, this was like two years ago. I literally hit a wall and I was like, I can't listen to any of this anymore. I hate all of this. I hate every single book I'm picking up. And I was like, these are great books, but I just cannot read it anymore because I was just binging on personal development. And I was like, oh my God, I have to strike a balance. Like, I, I think I went from so much like lack of self-worth and lack of thinking I was smart enough that I thought the only way to feel worthy and smart was to like, just keep learning and consuming and going to events. And, and it's like, oh my God, now I need to apply and now I need to have fun and now I need to surf and now I need to listen to gangster rap. And now I need to like, I need to go to the extreme opposite end and realize that there can be, you can strike a beautiful balance. And um, yeah, tangent, Tan I'm going on a tangent. No, I love that. It's so true. I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm reading the books and I'm like, I need to get my 20 minutes in every day. And then sometimes it's like, okay, you know, maybe I need to mix it up meditation then reading like a nonfiction, like, you know, a book that's just about a fairy tale or something else to take my mind away from something. Cause I feel like once you've done a lot of personal development over years, like you almost know what's coming up in the book. Like, 
and you, you, I know the line, I know what they're going to say, I know that I need to do that. And it's almost just sometimes a reminder that, oh my God, I need to reset. I need to like redo this. And I, I'm always trying to, you know, make something better, which is great, but it's like, okay, let's just find your flow for a second. Yeah. Like what's making you happy and, and having that balance. Oh my God. Yes. And, and the thing is like, you can do so much personal development from books and podcasts, but you guys, life is the ultimate personal development. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Go to Starbucks and buy someone a coffee and try being nice to everyone all day long when they're not nice to you back. Like, oh my gosh, this woman in the elevator this morning was my ultimate personal development. Like I could skip everything because this woman was just so insane, like held the elevator for her did not acknowledge me and then got in the elevator and was, it was chanting, fuck, 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 fuck. And I was like, okay, my God. And then like, <laughs> it was so crazy. And every part of me wanted to judge her and be like, wow, what a psycho. And, and then like whipped open the door and didn't hold it for me in the gym, even though I held the elevator for her for like 30 seconds in the parking room. Like, are you coming? <laughs> not even say a word or acknowledge. And I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is actually for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's reading something right now. What if that's a horrible email? What if she's like losing her job right now or something's falling apart and crumbling? She can't even see me. She, or like, what if someone's breaking up with her? Or what if she has this horrible friend who's like being awful to her right now? And like, I'm reflecting a woman back to her. Like, oh my God, women are awful. They're terrible. And she just can't even acknowledge me or look at me. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to send her like my, you know, my like weird Care Bear rainbows. Like, and that's all I could think of was like, this is your opportunity to like send her energy, even though all you want to do is be like, hey, bitch, you, <laughs> I'm standing there. I just opened the door for you, but you don't know what's happening to that other person. Like, she could have just had the worst news ever. And then you're going to be like, uh, excuse me. You know, you just, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, so this morning it was like a beautiful like reminder of, wow, life is really the ultimate personal development because like even, you know, today is Labor Day and I have like five appointments today and I'm like, oh my God, I, how did I book myself with all of this on a holiday? Everybody's off and at the beach. And I was like, you are so lucky to get to do this. Like you get to talk to freaking rad people. Like what a better way to spend a day. You get to kind of get ahead. Like this is awesome. So constant reframing and resetting. And yeah, it's like life is the never ending spiritual journey, which is pretty awesome. So just, yeah, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> so lastly, I want to talk about the new exciting news that you have that you just announced like a couple of days ago. Um, mm -hmm. Tell everybody what you're now doing. This is something new. It's never too late to do something new. Guys, this is something new and I am right back in the boat with like all everyone who's launching something new or doing something new. Like totally different than I've ever done. While yes, I've done events because this is an event. It's a five day certification program where uh, I have uh, collaborated with someone. So also a collaboration with another woman is totally new. We are 50-50 collaborators, partners on this. Um, so with a woman named Lindsay Schwartz, we are going to be doing a five-day certification program where we are teaching people how to speak, how to be confident uh, teachers, how to facilitate, how to make money off events, how to have events if you want. You know, if you want to add retreats to your business, if you, if you want to add workshops, if you want to run masterminds, and not just that, but we want to teach people how to be profitable because we have so many people in our lives right now who are having events, but they're not working backwards. So they're not filling them and they're losing money and they've booked too big of a venue and they book too big of a number for their first event. They're, they're thinking that people are just going out and like having these events when really they're not seeing all the little things that have led up to it. All the little workshops, all the retreats, the testing of their audiences, seeing if this is even something for them, maybe partnering with someone on the first event. Um, I firmly believe that events can be insanely profitable, um, but you have to learn to do them in the correct way. And I also believe if you're someone who wants to be a speaker, a leader, a facilitator, that you need to be, um, and that you need to have your own events. Uh, but I, I also think you don't have to have the big events. You can have the retreats and the workshops and 
you know, the masterminds or maybe you already work at a company and you're feeling like a big call in your company to start something within. Maybe they need a retreat within. Maybe they need some weekend workshops. Maybe they really are being called to something to help people connect deeper in the company. These are all the skills that you will need in order to be able to walk into a room or be able to facilitate anything and feel confident feel like you can lead, create transformational experiences for people. So it's a certification program where you will learn how to be a more confident speaker, teacher, leader, facilitator, um, and lead events. That's amazing because, you know, when you go and create an event, if you have an events company, it's going to cost you a lot of money. And you have, you've never done an event before. You've got no idea the insurance that you need, the amount of people, like the chairs that you can have for the fire. There's like so many little things that you need to know. And not everybody can afford or even wants to hire a company that's going to cost you maybe 10, 15,000, you know, more than that, just to run it. So I love this. I think this is so great. And it's going to help so many people who already have like a little bit of a business and want to add the retreat side into it, or maybe just starting out and wants to bring people together, like a day workshop, like teach people what you know, like yeah. you said before, it's like everybody has knowledge. All you have to do is bring people together and, and teach them that knowledge and you can make a profit from it. Yes, absolutely. I, so everyone asked me how I do what I do. And I'm like, you guys, I took a certification program like this years ago. It's been eight or nine years now. I think eight years. And it was three weeks long, but it was spread throughout the year. Um, and it was $25,000. And I was like, how could I do this in a week and really, really teach people also how to be profitable? Because that's one thing it didn't teach. It was just teaching facilitation. Um, but it didn't teach how to book events, how to be profitable, what the insurance, like you said, like all these things that sometimes even if you hire a company, you don't know that you can negotiate things or things shouldn't be in there. Or you're like, whoa, is this right? Does this seem really high? Like you now have a group of people you can bounce those ideas off of. So that's how you do it. If you want to know how to do it, speaker, leader, retreat, whatever, that's how you do it. Awesome. When is the first event? So we are actually, we're, we're going to be in November now. So if you go to event love, uh, eventlub.com, the dates will all be up there. Fantastic. And then where can everybody find you? All of your website, Instagram, all the things. Uh, just at Lori Harder. So websites, lauriharder.com. Um, I do have a podcast, which is earn your happy. Um, but everything else is just Lori Harder. Awesome. Well, we're going to put all the details of everything for you for the events, absolutely everything. I know that also you've got a Tribe Called Bliss that's come back next year, which you've got a new event. The Bliss Project. The Bliss Project, yes. Yep. Which I went to for the very first time this year, and it was absolutely life-changing and phenomenal. You do an incredible job of putting on events and getting people to connect. Um, so we're going to put all the details of everything uh, below for this podcast. But thank you so much, Lori, for joining me. You're amazing. I'm inspired. Guys, thank you for listening to the It Takes Grit podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And of course, leave us a review on Spotify on iTunes. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>